Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. And, uh... Today is, um, well, I'm just sad. Um, I don't like that I'm even recording this right now. But um, Brody Stevens, um, who, uh, if you love comedy, you know who he is. You've probably followed him on on social media or uh, hopefully gotten to see him live and know how he truly um, was one of the best performers, comedians, most interesting human beings you'll ever come across. Dynamic, kind, warm, um, versatile, it's not enough positive adjectives to describe Stephen Brody Stevens. Um, but uh, he passed away. Um, and uh, and so... So um, we wanted to uh, re-release um, the episode that we recorded with him. Um, because it's just really hard to process something like this and thousands of comedians and people that came across Brody that knew him well, that kind of knew him, that were best friends with him, which everyone felt like they were best friends with him. You know, I remember the moment I met Brody or, you know, it, the best damn sports show after watching him on a public access show in Seattle when I was in middle school and I was so starstruck and uh, little did I know I'd become friends with him and, and do thousands of shows with him and have long late night conversations in the comedy store parking lot with him and coffee shops and and by the way these are all experiences and accounts that that everyone has because you just it, you got excited to be around Brody you love to see him, and every comic, if they had an opportunity, would go out of the way to stay late night and watch him at the comedy store. I was fortunate enough to be brought up by him on stage in the original room many a nights. He gave me such such sweet intros. <laughs> you know, even if his set didn't go the way he wanted, <clears throat> he'd still power through and find a way to be like, this next guy, give him what, <clears throat> excuse me, Give him what you didn't give me. Give him the respect he deserves. He's from Seattle. He gets it. He knows who Jay Buhner is. He's danced with Sandra Bullock. He knows how to get it done. <laughs> it just it's so silly. It just anytime my mom or a friend uh, was in town, I would go out of my way to be like, "We have to stay and watch Brody Stevens. You're 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 gonna lose your mind. There's nothing like this." There's nothing like Brody. And um, 
And it just fucking sucks. It just fucking sucks, man. There's no other way to put it. He had demons. He was dealing with so much. He was off and on meds. I don't know the true extent of, of where he was emotionally these last few weeks, but from what I've been reading online, it, it looked like he was doing all right. Doing his podcast and doing shows and I don't know. I don't know what the answer is with stuff like this. You know, you people never want to pry too much into other people's business. You know, you want to just assume everyone's okay and, and do the bare minimum because, you know, it's it's a touchy thing to, like, insert yourself in someone else's life. And, and you don't want to pry. You don't want to feel like you're making them feel like they need help. <clears throat> the fact of the matter is, you know, a lot of people do, and they need that extra reach out and that extra connection. And Brody was all about connecting with people on and off stage. He was the master of it. He truly knew how to get to know someone and, and open up real quick, which is a, a tough thing to do, you know, as a as a comedian and a, and a human being, just to open up right out of the gate and, and be you, be vulnerable, and just and, and bring that to the table. And, and he was uh, he was just the best. And I hate that I'm never going to see him again. Um, I love you, Brody. Um, as the comedy store so brilliantly posted on the marquee, we enjoyed it. And that is a, an understatement. You were just one of the most remarkable people I've ever met. And to, to know you was, uh, I felt lucky. I felt lucky to be someone that you call a friend and, and that you said hi to every time you saw, you know. And uh, I cherish those moments because it was always special for me. And I know that's the case for everyone. I know everyone misses you, Brody, and uh, I I, uh, I hope you're feeling better up in heaven. And you're, uh, <laughs> you know, you're doing some late night sets for uh, for everybody up there. And uh, you lived a great life down here, man. And um, it was not done by any means, but. Um, I, uh, I just now I'm gonna go back and and just try to remember all the good stuff, you know, and not not let myself get so <clears throat> get so down about uh, about you not being here, you know. That's that's kind of what I've been doing the last 24 hours is uh, just to try to process this, is watching and reading so much stuff about you and, and trying to celebrate you, and I think that's part of the healing process and I think that's the move you know and that's why we're re-releasing this podcast from July 21st 2016 with uh with our friend with everybody's friend the great the great Brody Stevens rest in peace buddy we love you so much and thanks for everything you gave us I'm gonna miss you enjoy the episode are we starting? Is yep. that how it goes? Oh, you just yeah. roll right yeah. into yeah. it. Yeah. We'll yeah. Just get going. You don't want to do warm up. No, I don't want to do hell gigs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll make eye contact with you guys later. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. I don't don't want to get roped in to you know a hell gig, meaning dealing mostly with audience that doesn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. 
a paid audience, yep. mm-hmm. not just fundraiser. That's okay. But, you know, bottom of the barrel, Los Angeles paid audience. It's just I can't be around the energy anymore of that. And that's what's caused me some problems, like doing some warm-up gigs. Uh, you know, it's just not fun. Yeah. And I'm, I'm working too hard. And here's the other thing. It's like I say, oh, I've done 3,000 television shows. Okay, mm-hmm. well, that's 3,000 times you're not on TV. Right. right. And that's 3,000 times you're putting out that energy. Mm-hmm. Still not on TV, but you're putting out the energy for other people, which is great. So I have no – I like that. I like that I've helped comedians, and, right. they, and they appreciate that because it does come back to you. And I never I would ever be like, I should be on this show. I mean, I'm just – I'm wired, you know, as a performer. It's like, here's a mic. Okay, I'll do it, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And, like, yeah. that's kind of being, – Being the audience warm-up guy is like being wingman for your buddy. Like, he, like yeah, he's getting laid, but – He's like you're still necessary for for the process. Yeah, you got a. Yeah, I'm a I'm a wingman. I bring I connect the energy of the crowd to the performer. Yeah. You also make it look so easy, and I don't think people understand how not easy it is. That's a very difficult gig. It's not easy in a sense yeah. that you're dealing with people. It's who, not just about being funny. You're dealing with also people. You know, uh, when to come in, when to not come in. Oh, uh, yeah. People from all over, you know, um, and I guess that's what spots at the comedy store, I'm sure. Oh, make you stronger. Yeah, definitely. Well, for warm up for me, I've done a lot of basic cable, half hour to hour to tape shows. Not like a sitcom where you're there all night and you're redoing and redoing. But those guys make pretty good money. It's network. So they're there all night and you're five hours. Yeah, and you're compensated for it. Sure. Me, I was at Best Damn Sports Show, which was back in the day. We'd, uh, that was two to three hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basic cable on Fox Sports. And I got every high school football team from L.A., every <laughs> community college, baseball. So I really cut my teeth. It's not yeah. like it's yeah. a warm-up. You're, you can make relationships. You're getting paid a couple bucks. But I did that. I cut my teeth there. Then I went to Chelsea, and it was just... That was all comedy, which yeah. was nice, and it was like, okay, this is how it's supposed to be, right? Because yeah. that because that, that that audience is already tuned into comedy, whereas like Best Damn Sports Show, like 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 you said, it, it's a high school football team that isn't necessarily yeah. How would you relate to comedy? A high school football team, like, easy. Your, yeah. Well, I played sports. Oh, he sure. wants me to go on a high energy. Um, <laughs> no, well, the thing because because I played sport, I played sports. Right. Yeah. It was a sports show, right. and these are sports teams. So, so if I had guys slouching or like bad attitude even i go mm-hmm. look you play football right see that guy over there michael irvin michael strahan they're mm-hmm. super bowl rings three of them yeah would you like to talk to them well they don't want to talk to you because you're not bringing it let's go so you get on and the coaches would love it I, they, so I would great. never ever take coach hey take it easy on my guys never would i had you, one teacher at one time well the teacher but, did what yeah Said I was being too hard on the guys, but they were special ed kids. Oh, and they had been there too. Not special ed meaning like continuation, but like edgy kids. Oh, okay, okay gotcha. Special okay. edgy kids. Oh, edgy. Okay, not <laughs> continuation school. Gotcha. I'm. Okay. They're done by twelve. Play right. ping pong. Done by twelve. <laughs> that's what I would get. That was that particular guy. You know, it's you know, it's like anything when, and that's the thing. You would get repeat audiences. I go, can you get another high? Can we stop with uh, Marshall and North Hollywood High School sure. baseball? <laughs> Let's mix it up a little bit. <laughs> would you? Uh, would the coaches? You had to rag on coaches at some point, and the kids must love that, right? If you sing, yeah, out. I would just, yeah. You know, but again, it, but 
Yeah, of course. It was like they're sports guys, so you yeah. can like get on them and they get on you. And that and that was the thing. I feel like can't they lay they like it. People are afraid to get on people. They're right. afraid. It's like it's, these kids want to be yelled at. Yeah. They want direction. They want somebody who cares. That's they want they they want a coach they can follow and I feel like, like you said, your uh, past experiences in sports really helped you relate. Um, I do the uh, Rose Bowl comedy show uh, every year, where you, where you perform for the for the two Rose Bowl teams at the Improv. Oh yeah, and like I've seen so many comics like bomb because they're like they're in a room full of jocks and they can't like Connect. command and they're just like um so like and they're like nerd guys so right. they're, like so they're like they're in a room full of the guys. Boy, that that's used a to, poorly cast lineup. You have yeah. to know. I mean, I guess you know. I, yeah, I won't say any names, but like, yeah, I've seen like really good comics go go up there, and, and they're surrounded by the people that used to bully them in high school. Exactly. So they're like, so so they're oh. totally scared. But this is your chance to fight back. Yeah. yeah. And the and, athletes and like it, it when you get in their face. How right. dare you dish? I'll slap that chicken yeah. wing out. <laughs> I'll go at you. They like that. They like of the course. Fake. And that's what I would do. Yeah, that and like, and then when I do the shows, they they, they love when I do it because I'm four foot nothing and I'm talking to a three hundred pound lineman. Like Great I'm, visual. Like I'll fucking kick your ass. <laughs> I mean, you do you like, jump on them? Have you like jumped on a three hundred foot pound lineman yes. from the stage? Like stage dive on him? <laughs> I, you could do that. I like what. Am I gonna do? Hurt him? No, no. you won't. It'll be no. fun. It'll be funny. You it's should like, do it like, this year. It's like one of those koala backpacks. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, the- you could jump on a guy, on a three hundred foot guy, or yeah. three, you know, three hundred yeah. pound. Yeah, three hundred yeah. foot. Well, I mean, he looks 300 feet to me because I'm I'm very tiny. But, no, I I could jump on him and land on him like he's one of those, like, giant stunt crash pads. Like those guys. (laughs) But you'll bounce off him. Yeah. I distinctly remember talking about football guys when I I did the NFL show. That was on Saturday. Yeah. Uh So we had we had. Party, I remember. You I, remember that show? Well, because I did a segment with my buddy with the Vuvuzela one time, and you were there on that panel <laughs> at Fox Sports. You don't remember it? No. But I came. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You've done, I was on the panel. Yes. You were. Oh. It was like you. You were part of that show. It was Locked like, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to the resume. Uh, I, I'm serious. I'm going to go back and. Yeah. Uh, so wait. This was. Yeah. This was maybe like 2012. Okay. Or, yeah. Yeah, well, I did the NFL show yeah. also, and that was on Saturdays. I was with Michael Irvin, and uh, Tony Saragusa was on it. Yeah. yeah. So it was in studio all the time. They had a band always at the end. We remember we had Jurassic 5. They nice. were good. Hey, awesome. And, um, but I remember Saragusa, I jumped on him, like jumped in his uh, – he's like, you know, I just fell – I bounced off him. That's yeah. how big he was. Wow. And I'm a – you know, I weigh 200 and something pounds, 215 sure. or whatever. You're a built and, dude. And I jumped on him, and I just – Fell back. These football guys are big. They're solid muscle too. They're well, Tony Saragusa. I don't know, but he <laughs> he's a great athlete. He was fast, right. well, and he was. It's you know. like those guys. It, it, it's amazing when you see a guy like Vince Wilfork, uh-huh, who's yeah. like three hundred and twenty-five pounds, fast. just run like a like like, like a four nine forty. You're like, how the fuck does that yeah, happen? That's not. Yeah, it's just that's, you, you shouldn't be able to be that big, but move that quickly. It's amazing. Yeah. Now you say you say all the athletes on like Best Damn were, um, or I'm sorry, just athletes in general, like at the Rose Bowl show, want you to like give them shit. Yeah. But I I have heard stories from like the ESPYS and stuff how a lot of the athletes, especially when you you know when the host would make jokes about athletes and they cut to them and then none of them are into <laughs> it. And then I've heard rumors. Somebody even told me once 
and I don't want to even believe that's true, that Ken Griffey Jr. like complained at one time at the ESPYs afterwards because he didn't like a joke that was made about him and they didn't have a good sense of humor about himself. I feel like that was somebody just trying to fucking take me down a peg and crush my childhood <laughs> dreams and um, Tommy Griffey's not a good guy. I'm but, pretty sure. But I feel like you, he's dealing with so many... Yeah, you know him. Yeah. And? He loves me. <laughs> I've done shows for Ken Griffey Jr. What? Yeah, I oh, did you the... you just became Adam's hero. Yeah. He was already my hero, dude. <laughs> well, he was on... Best damn sports show once or twice. Yeah. yeah. So I saw him there. We probably remembered my face because when I, when I did a show in Orlando. It was for the Major League Baseball Players Association. And he lived there. Yeah, he lived there. Yeah. So Justin Verlander was there, Frank Robinson. I'd done, I'd, I'd done it for like three years. Matt Bronger and I actually did that gig. It was through Funny or Die. I wow. think originally booked it. And then they ended up bringing me back the next couple years. I mean, so I performed for a lot of these baseball guys. Oh, my God. Some of them were rookies then. and Those are some of the most fun shows you've ever done. Um, not necessarily because it's tough. It's tough. These the, yeah. the baseball guys are tough. Yeah. And for me now, I think it would be easier now because my experiences right. and all that. But going on, you know, five, six years ago, whatever it was, that was uh, – yeah, I did good. They yeah. liked it, yeah. but it's still. I think I would do better now. Is Not it, only because I'm a better competitor, yeah. but do you think is it baseball players have they take themselves a little too more seriously than football players? Is that part of it, or just some do? Yeah. I mean, there's some guy like every team. There's some like serious guys. There's some uh, some you know you have different backgrounds, conservative. Not too many liberal guys, I would say. Mm-hmm. So. It's again. You're doing comedy for jocks. I did comedy for the Texas Rangers. I came out. That one was again nerve wracking. Sure, because it was one of my first ones, but it was fun. But what got me prepped for that is I played baseball at Arizona State. Yeah. So I would do the banquets. I come back and do the alumni game. This all the alumni stuff. The banquets, the golf tournament. So I always had these major leaguers in the crowd. Yeah. Right. So ever do any like uh, little league pizza parties and just shit on the kids and be like, you <laughs> fat fuck, you're never going to be anything. Keep eating that pizza. Wow. Toby. Who's this Toby character? As someone who used to bully Adam no, as a child. No, Toby might have been me because when I was in the fifth grade and I was a real big kid and I and real big is being generous. Uh, you were overweight. Yeah. And uh, I want to say I was I like Adam eBay overweight. Yeah. Oh, really? Like maybe like 170 in the fifth grade. Oh, okay. So he was That's big. He he was like a That's mini big. like a mini Vince Wilfork. Um, but go. I was fast. And as I've mentioned on this podcast before, we've coined the phrase I was quick fat. Quick fat. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Quick fat as opposed to like quick sand, quick fat. That's <laughs> yes. what what comes to my mind. Yeah. I will say this. No, I don't really yell at kids. I'll tell you why. Um we like had to justify it. <laughs> I'll tell you why I don't yell at kids. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've um I've done Coaching instruction, Joe Torrey baseball camp. I've worked winter camps with kids, you know, up to like 12 years of age, 5 to 12. I'm good with them. The kids, you know, they're, you got to, I'm good. I'm good with it. I get it. Um, You could be, I don't think I I could ever be too tough, but there was a time, best damn sports show. There Mm -hmm. were a bunch of fourth graders. Now these aren't. You know, all kids cry, but they were. It was, it was <laughs> I like this story. It's a great preface, yeah. but it was take your kids to school day, or yeah, they're yeah. going on a get to see best damn sports show. Beat. Sure, gotcha. And I remember this kid was over there going, "Hey, buddy, what are you doing over here? Let me see your pass." Like that, and he started crying. Oh, and I and I I, I like I, 
you know, they started crying. Yeah. Because I kind of teased him about. Yeah, sure. He wasn't not, ready for that. Right. So at that point, I said, you know, you can't really, you got to really be sensitive. Because you don't want, it looks bad. Yeah. I made a kid yeah. cry. And uh, is there anything more horrifying, whether you're a kid and you're, and a, a, a kid you're playing with starts crying, or even as an adult and you're like talking to a kid and all of a sudden you like burst into tears like that? Like, I think no matter what age you are, you're like, oh God, oh, what do I do? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, like, looking it's, back, it's so scary. But the kid didn't play sports. Okay. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. He was there for like, who takes who? who go- what fourth grader is going to a TV show? Or what, a four-year, whatever he was. If it's not Saved by the Bell, I don't know. Yeah. You could yell at some kids. Some, yeah, sure. You know, like I said, these, you know, when you're they're younger, you got to like, you know, but a high school kid, F it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Sit yeah. the F up or get out. I like it. But here's the other thing. You learn, not necessarily with sports kids, but maybe just with the, these kids in general, for example... I would get a lot of the Latino kids. I'd get all black, or I'd get all Latino, mm-hmm. all Asian. So you mm-hmm. learn actually what you can say, yeah. and what you can do. Yeah, you got to like that's a that's a that's tight great. rope. Yeah, but I remember I would have the the a lot of the uh, Latin the the uh, Latino kids, yes. and they would be there a lot of them with their girlfriends, like putting their arm around them. You know, it's like they get real I, sexual I, real early. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, then numbers are proof. <laughs> but. I wouldn't make I, 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 those guys get sensitive. It's like I wouldn't do that to them. You could tell like certain guys, like a white guy with a girlfriend. Yeah, I'm going to go after you. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll put you on blast in a right. funny way. Yeah. Right. But a Latino kid, they're ve- I don't do that. It's no. like they're a little sensitive. Yeah. yeah. So you learn Definitely that, go. and it's go not ahead. about like you just learn that. Yeah. So you let people be Asian kids. You can kind of go at for being smart. Yeah. Or yeah. like turn in. How dare you? You know what? They they, they get it. They can choose to get you or not. Sure. They can like, okay, we'll we get you. We're yeah. smarter than you. Yeah. And we'll laugh. <laughs> but then they can go, you know what? We could easily say no to you. Yeah. You know that, right, Brody? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm a good guy. Wow. <laughs> you feel that. And you just oh, yeah. you learn that from just doing it. That's incredible experience that you gain to just take into every other comedic situation uh, after that. What about black people? Always receptive? <laughs> black people like when you come at them. You yeah. come at them and you learn, uh, you know, the fake they like the confidence, the arrogance, the, the, you know, the fake stuff, yeah, actually. Right. Because I had a friend. I performed in New York, right? So I lived in New York from 97 to 2000. Mm-hmm. So I did uh, – I barked at the comedy cellar. Okay. I, would, I did late-night spots. I was passed at stand-up New York. So I did late-night spots there, but a lot of Lower East Side, Luna Lounge, Hipster, yeah. that kind of alternative stuff. Mm-hmm. I was doing all that. So reality, collective unconscious. Is that kind of what you really honed your style? Like, I'm curious when what you do now really took shape. Well, a lot of it was warm up. The yeah. reason, you know, here's the deal with the warm up when you have it on a consistent basis. Thousand shows, for example, at Best Am or Chelsea. You're, it's like you have a, your own little survey every day. You've got a group yeah. of, you know, they're not strangers. I mean, they're not. It's not stand up, but you got a group of. 80 people you can do like you're you're learning psychology group psychology sure. how their energy really does affect the show if you want to go not necessarily Absolutely. into comedy but stand-up world but technical world hollywood when they're not bringing that energy when they're slouched things go wrong lights go out teleprompter doesn't work 
the talent could really feel the energy. Yeah. My yeah. whole idea is I try to connect the audience with the talent, not just, hey, we're energy, and then every 10 minutes, hey, uh, that's the way you do the crowd. I like to actually make them feel like they have an investment yeah. in these guys. So that's kind of was my selling point. Same thing with, you know, at midnight or Chelsea. I never, ever gave away candy at those shows best damn after 90 minutes i would give out candy yeah and and that's not a metaphor just for our listeners because there are a lot of audience uh warm guys that actually literally give out candy oh yeah the, just some like, of them have belts you yeah. know full of like uh you know fanny packs full of candy by the way you're 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 getting adam very excited right now talking about belts full of candy but there you uh, go. well like and, and you're you more than almost any other comic i've i've ever seen you're big on like audience analysis you will like stand up there and literally look at your crowd and if someone's on their phone you love to point it out if someone's talking you, you, you point out like you, you you don't let anything slide like if they're wearing like a boston red sox cap then that like stirs it's amazing too the like plethora of knowledge and info you have like of a place or a look or a vest or like you know like it just spawns does your brain always work like that, where you see like a certain coat and you're just like, you know, Back to the Future, yes, great movie. Well, and then you go into, you know. I could do that. Yeah, yeah. things will trigger it. Yeah. And a lot of that has to be with energy, has to be also where I'm at. Yes, I can do it, but I feel like it can't be forced. Like, where am I from? What? Are... But it's energy. That's all it is. Yeah. And it's just, people can learn this. Yeah. People can learn body language. I can tell, arms crossed negative. I know that. <laughs> I went to Arizona State. I studied nonverbal communication. I played okay. baseball at Arizona State. We yeah. learn all about positive energy and being supportive and focusing on what's good. So, like, if you play golf, guys go, oh, what did you shoot today? I shot, uh, you know, uh, 90, or I shot, you know, five under. Mm -hmm. you know, I remember our story of our coach. He said, what did you shoot? And he go, I shot 20. What? He goes, yeah, 20. 20 good shots. All he thought about, you know, you focus on – I mean, that's an extreme yeah. example, sure. Sure. I think. But you can never say, don't strike. It's just basic stuff. Don't strike out. You want to say, get on base. You know? And so we learned that about positive self-talk, yeah. visualization. I couldn't do it back then. And we had the top guys. Every baseball team now has mental coaches. Yeah, sports psychologists. Sports psychologists. Right, right. At right. Arizona State. That's one industry now. Exactly. And one reason why I went there is because I knew at Arizona State we would have access to the major league. Um, right, because of, of the uh, spring training. Exactly. So, yeah, that, 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 that whole system. Yeah, like when I was a fat kid, it, was like, it, wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, you ate 15 Pop-Tarts in one sitting. It was like, do you know how many I got in my mouth at one time? I'm focusing on the positive. About positive energy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That, that, that's a way to look at yeah. it. Yeah. That's a positive Pop-Tart. <laughs> positive Pop-Tart. <laughs> See, I mean, I, yeah, you they know. should release those positive Pop-Tarts. Like the, the Pop-Tarts, a little like uh, uh, Positive affirmations like burned into the bottom of the pop tart. Like it's a great idea. Hey, yeah. Little fortune cookies on the bottom. Have I like by the s'mores have a great day today? S'mores pop tarts are Smi maybe smile at people. You know, like just yeah. little things like burn into the give pop a stranger a hug. Brown sugar pop tart. <laughs> there you go. I love brown sugar maple brown sugar. And I'm not. I'm not. Here's the deal. I didn't recreate or create the wheel. I'm doing like scientific situations. Right. Yeah. So I'm just following that, and comedy is so into, like, you know, you want to be different. That's mm -hmm. why I shaved my beard. Everybody's got a beard. Shaved it. Really? Yeah. It's like everyone, you got to be yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if I, I just feel like this is myself, and 
as I'm going off, I'm looking at lights, digital, digitalizing lights. <laughs> but yes, warm up is great. It really helped me. But like saying early on, you gotta, you want to go to that affect more people. Yeah, you can make more money. Let's be honest. And I'm at the point now where I'm 45, and I feel like okay, I could be smarter. You know, you work hard. But you want to work smart, yeah. I, you know, I love that. Like, cause you, cause one of your catchphrases is literally, you go on stage and say positive energy. It does work. Yes, and this is not just yeah. a get her done type catchphrase. Like, there's like a mantra behind it that you're actually preaching. Yeah, you didn't to start this saying that to sell T-shirts. You started saying that on stage because why? Well, I don't always. I mean, here's the deal. I don't always say. It. I don't really say it right. all that much. I do have a positive. It became I, infectious. So you're right. You don't say it all the time, but it was became such an people love you so much, up. and it picked up, and pe- it became infectious because and, again, nobody was. Nobody had that in them. But it's also stage. funny to say that. It's it funny to be a sports psychologist guy. Right. Like, positive energy does work because it worked for me yeah. because yeah. I was not going for it in terms of running. Let's say getting trained in college and we had to run. I hated running. It was like, mm-hmm. I, that's negative right there. Didn't like it. Wasn't into it. And then I had to make it fun. And mm-hmm. go for it. So that's why I go, yeah, they would, like, threaten us with running. Running was bad. Right. Where you're bad, you're going to run. Mm-hmm. So I had to make it positive. So you're going to make <laughs> You're going to run Mill Avenue. You go run to Mill. That's, a, like, a two-mile run. I, I go, was just there. There you go, Mill Avenue in Tempe. Yeah. And I go, Mill Thrill, yes. <laughs> so I started doing that, and we started, like, laughing, but we're running. Right. And then it would be, you guys are running hardy. Hardy party. Priest feast. <laughs> um <laughs> So that's what I just named them and had yeah. fun with it, and it made me run better. Right. So that was one example. Now you, you, know, you got to be. It could be annoying. Not that I would always do it, yeah. but those look sure made running better for me. But I think yeah. you and, and you've you apply that to most. I mean, and that's also the sign of a true comic where you take some sort of you know not uh, favorable situation and you make it be- You choose to make it better by making light of it. Same thing. When I was pledging a fraternity at USC, uh, we had to run in our suits around campus like late at night like after eating like burritos like these yeah. giant massive burritos at this little swanky uh, mexican restaurant uh in the hood and uh, then we had to run in our suits full and i remember just being in the back being like do you guys mind if we can swing by quiznos real quick i got some coupons and i knew that some of these guys weren't going to be friends of mine because they were like shut the fuck up ray take this serious man oh and i was God. like oh i had a guy like that and we're the guys running that, and in the, suits and the guys that <laughs> laughed and then i was like i was like seriously man these coupons expire and i would come in i'm like they expired tonight we it's we're real close just swing by and there's like in our like ninth lap i mean yeah. it's a time when you're just you're trying to focus on getting through it nobody wants to make light of it except for me because i'm like this is the only way i can handle it right. and then a couple of the guys who i'm still lifelong friends with were laughing and started chiming in with me to piss off the guys that were not into it and i was like oh okay cool like that's other guys in the line are like dude ray's got some sick coupons yeah yeah. but if you (laughs) don't like do stuff like that i mean it would have been a tumultuous experience for you to right you could have had a if you didn't like to run and then you had to go through all that then baseball all of a sudden becomes a just a negative cloud over that, right? If you don't choose to Well, make. you have to be positive because it's a long season. You're playing with all these different guys. You want to play. You want to win. You want to be good. You got to visualize good stuff. Did you take steroids? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, by playing baseball, mm-hmm. and then I went up to Seattle. See, yes. I didn't know I was going to – I had no idea. Like, I'm going to be a warm-up. I want to work on a sports show. You thought you were going to be facing Nolan Ryan at some point. 
facing well pitching. He was a good hitter too. He hit a home run. He said home runs. Um, well, I wanted to play baseball. So I was a wicked right hook. Just ask uh, Robin Ventura. There, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Clocked him several times. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I was totally into baseball. That's what I wanted to do. I liked throwing. I mean, I, I got picked on. Don't get me wrong. I didn't, you know, I didn't like that part of it. I, I, the it was still fun. I love pitching. The, the fraternizing. Yeah, or just, yeah, that kind of stuff. I wasn't into it. Again, I wasn't into, like, being a, a jerk, really. Yeah. I'm a nice guy. And that is a piece of baseball, yeah? Yeah, I, I think some of that yeah. jock behavior, which I'm not really into, to be honest. You were like, can't we just be here and, like, work hard and get good and, exactly. and make yeah. it to the show? Like, the fact that we're yeah. playing a game. Or yeah. go as far as we can go. Yeah. 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 So, care. And we were pretty good. It was a good experience for me in high school. But I went to college and still wanted to play baseball. I guess I was funny along the way, but I always wanted to play baseball, and I took it as far as I can go, and I wanted to go get an education. I just knew this. I just knew by common sense, go to college, play sports, don't mm-hmm. do drugs, don't mm-hmm. drink, drink a little bit in college, yeah. respect authority, yeah. don't get arrested, yeah. don't uh, steal don't do that stuff. Be, by the way, these this has been all, life lessons. These are basic. No, these are things that we're all going to put on the strawberry Pop-Tart. <laughs> like, these are yeah. the positive affirmations. People need to be told that. These aren't even just positive affirmations. These yeah. are just, like, rules that are just should be ingrained in you. And when I say positive affirmations, like you said, tumultuous. That made me, that made me coil, recoil. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't say negative words. Words are, words are thoughts. Thoughts are things. Gotcha. That's just me. That's another reason why I don't curse. I feel like... Yeah, you don't. I never cursed in front of my dad. I was intimidated. Sometimes I'd curse in front of my mom. I would curse around playing sports and all that. But when I cursed on stage, mm-hmm. people didn't like it. I felt I was a big guy. I'm kind of this, you know, yeah. aggressive. And I felt like whenever I said the F word, yeah, fuck, it would... Shifted the energy in the room. It would like... Yeah, exactly. So I didn't like that. And then also... When I learned to public speak, selling T-shirts at Key Arena for the Seattle Supersonics. What? Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, come on, Adam. I got tons of stuff. <laughs> Bro, you, you are such an integral he's, part of my childhood he's indirectly. Hung out, he's hung out with Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, yeah. He's throwing hugs, T-shirts out. Hugs me. Uh, Griffey hugs you? Yeah. And says what? Just gives me a hug. It's like, great job. How you doing, man? One of those deals. Adam, do you want to give... Brody a hug right now because he's hugged. We'll do a fist pound now. We'll do a fist pound. I had had Griffey's chocolate bar. I mean, that was a big deal. And again, here's an adjustment to how much of a fat kid I was. I bought that collector's edition Griffey chocolate bar, put it in the freezer in a box. And you ate it? Eventually. (laughs) I would have saved that. It would be worth money right now. So would have I, Brody, if I hadn't been hungry on a Tuesday afternoon when mom wasn't home. So you let you. And the spaghetti was sparse. You couldn't couldn't control yourself. No. I get it. I understand. I had problems like that. Self-discipline was not. uh, But that's how we are is Hebrew type guys. We're very sensitive and instinctive and we can't control ourselves. We enjoy the moment. Well, I was was eating during the, uh, you know, it was the the folk split. You know, you're eating your feelings at that point. Oh, I had that feel. I had that folk split. Exactly. We're we're broken families. It's made Mm -hmm. us tougher. It it has made, yeah. I wouldn't, uh, I mean, you know, there's certain things maybe, like there's certain male advice that I feel like maybe I missed out on, but. You do um, have a sensitive side. But yeah, but my mom is the shit and I feel like she did, like I, you know, I, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe my dad would have told me, like, to pull out. I don't know. Like, well, I, I don't know. How? Do you have a child that I know of? <laughs> that I don't know of? Yeah. Wow. yeah. What's yeah. going no, on? No, no, no. Yeah. It's turned into a very serious I know. Thing. This is, this is uh, like about last be, night. Is this, 
And this is your son. Bring him out. I, oh, my God. Bobby Ray. Bob, gee, how dare you think I would name him Bobby? <laughs> What's wrong with Bobby? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Bobby Ray. I well, like it makes it. me think of Bobby Ayala, an ex-Mariner pitcher. There you go. Okay. I, I also work for Cairo Sports. That's why, you know, because my attitude was, okay, I took baseball as far as I can go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got sick of the jock behavior, the, the, the attitude, meaning that. I just, I was always, uh, I got it. I was above it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, what well, they weren't malicious. It's never malicious. It was never like Jew that. It was like Jew, like they were, and it wasn't malicious. Yeah. And I always go like a non Jew, usually is, Jews saying, I go, Jesus was Jewish. <laughs> you want to go there? <laughs> I'm spiritual. We're, we're in Arizona right now. My. My father was born here. My grandmother was raised here. Where do where do UFOs land? <laughs> Don't. So I would like get in their heads actually, and it's funny. But so once I took an acting class, I had some extra credits my last semester there, yeah. and I said I'm going to take a acting class. And I took an acting class, and it was like, wow, it's supportive. And there was girls in there, yeah. And yeah. it was I tried to be serious, but they I, they would laugh at me, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was like, all right, I took another acting class because I felt like I had to learn, yeah. If I wanted to be an actor, like follow my instinct of somehow getting positive attention, yeah. Because people, are like, oh, Brody, you're funny. Because baseball had to work super duper, super very hard at just to be on the team. By the way, not enough adults. Super Over 40, duper. say super duper. I know, that's crazy. So, <laughs> no, no. I, you know what? Super duper hard. Embrace that. Embrace I think, it. I, <laughs> I, think it I, I think it brings a childlike uh, atmosphere to the room. I've got a glow-in-the-dark super duper ball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give me some concrete stairs. I'll hit a bomb off the kingdom ceiling. you got to get every reference. Ken Phelps, my friend. Ken Phelps. Yes. Jesus. My uncle washed the... Uh, umpire's uniforms wow. at the kingdom. How do you wow. get that job? He had his spick and span cleaners. You know where spick and span clean? God, that's a racist place to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, if he if he's Latino at all, that's not going to work out well. Spick and span cleaners. And uh, wow, looking back, I have yeah, racist looking family. Back. <laughs> I, I've gone, I'm like Ben Affleck on the PBS special. I have a racist family with uh, references. So, okay, so you get in the acting class. And yeah, you're like, took the acting class, cute girls, people are laughing. This is where but, you start recognizing, oh shit, I've got a, I've got. Uh, a gift for comedy. People are laughing consistently at Well, not like. necessarily. I, ha- I mean, people were laughing around the... I knew I was funny around baseball. Yeah. Like, I'd make the guys laugh. But yeah. I wasn't the funniest guy on the team, and I wasn't a performer. Like, I'd make the guys laugh in McDonald's. I'd make the guys sure. laugh, like, on the road. You know, yeah. there's always a few guys I'd... That hang and I'd hang out with some guys too. You wouldn't think, oh, Brody and this guy that go see a movie as friends. Yeah, you know, so you you get weird like friendships, you know, from roommates and all that stuff. But I made people laugh, and people like picking on you know typical stuff. Yeah. But it didn't feel good necessarily, and it, I didn't feel like it didn't make me feel confident. I knew I had something, but I wanted to f- see where it went. That's why I took the acting class. Yeah, and I didn't do stand up. Never ever did stand up in Arizona, and also to me, it's not a just not that creative vibe. It's they it, it, it's too sunny. It's too. I was into sports. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. golf. So anyway, took the acting class. People were laughing. Oh, okay. Took another acting class. It was just hard for me to put that. Like a square peg into a, a, a yellow hole. Right. <laughs> or round. Whatever. 
It's very hard was for that, me to put was a square. Was that a metaphor your acting teacher taught A square you? peg into a yellow hole. <laughs> like a glory hole full of urine? I think you're pretty tra- sure Gandhi said that. <laughs> Does that mean you couldn't cry? You couldn't. Uh, was that a metaphor for you couldn't do the uh, exercise where you like, where they're like, all right, now you're. Picture yourself being born. Exactly. Yeah. I can't do that. I yeah. can't go there. I can't. Rev- yeah. I can't remove those layers. Mm-hmm. But, and I was. I, t- I just wasn't. I wasn't even good at public speaking. But I felt that I. I enjoyed it. And then I was done with baseball. I actually, coached my last year. They kept me around. I, I knew I had something where the coach is keeping you around. They're yeah. paying for your school when you're done with your arm injury. And he all. goes, mm-hmm. stick around. I'll pay for your school. I got to go to the College World Series. I didn't do anything. Holy shit! I was in right? uniform. All I had to do is count the heads on the bus. But when I was done playing, you a free ride for that. Oh going yeah, to Omaha, Nebraska. You got it. Rosenblatt Stadium, 1993, and then. <laughs> I got to coach first base on the road. Coach Brock, again, liked having me around. So he would, on the road, well, he wanted to coach in the, he used to coach third base. So then he went to the dugout. And the graduate assistant couldn't travel on the road. Okay, I could. I still had eligibility. So I coached first base. Even though I did nothing at, for first base. First base, you don't do much. Third base is when you got all the signals. Yeah, right, I right? never did it. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just there for positive energy. What, what? You got it. You're on base. <laughs> think yep. a, think yep. about it. stealing. Back. <laughs> Back. He's got a quick move. Yeah. And then the I just remember the dugouts like yelling at me, nose jokes. I just didn't like it. Jesus. I didn't like it. It didn't feel good. it doesn't feel good right. with like personal attacks. And, and you I can't didn't defend like yourself. It. No nobody wants a first base coach that's turning around going, Shut the fuck up or yeah. shut the frick up in your case. Yeah. Well I curse back then. Yeah, okay. I mean I don't not curse, but I, can I, am I going to be able to – my thing is, can I curse selling T-shirts for the Seattle Supersonics? Can't do it. Nope. Could I curse being a tour guide at Radio City Music Hall, which I was? Can't do it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Could I curse being a barker at the Comedy Cellar? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. It's New York. But still, you're trying to uh, you know, uh, present a product that you know, you're representing you – know, Yes, I'm smart. I'm yeah. smart of where I'm at. And then when I was at Best Damn Sports Show – I was constantly told by George Greenberg, head executive, very important guy, still there, creator of stuff, runs it. Brody, you got to be, got to keep it G, PG, keep it clean. Really, every day, harped on that, not being dirty. And I, I will, I don't curse when I do warm up. I don't do any of that. I'm very it's kind of ingrained in you now. Exactly. So yeah. that's why I learned that. So it's not to say I won't cuss, and it's not. I mean, yeah. And I'm look, I have negative energy sometimes when I'm hungry. Or when that might be the I'm in a hurry. Yeah, that <laughs> might be when people are most upset. I was talking about that with somebody the other day about uh, how, like, the things hum- that are humanly possible when you're hungry. Like, you literally, there have probably been marriages that have ended because oh, yeah. some guy just didn't get a bag of Funyuns quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've made mistakes being, I mean, I've yes, yeah. hunger is a big thing because, yeah. and especially doing warm-up. Where you're physically into it. I mean, your heart rate's going up. You're dealing with people. You're sweating. Yeah. You got to eat. Yeah. There's a reason why there's constantly food on television productions. It matters. Yeah. It's not just there for, hey, where you get food for fun. You really need it. Yeah. And it also in, in it puts people in a great mood because why are you going to get pissed off about something small when you got yogurt-covered pretzels yeah. over at the craft service table? There you go. And I do moderation. Moderation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, – I, again – I had a cookie yesterday. I do moderation. I'm yeah. good with like giving myself one chocolate treat a day. Yeah, I don't. I won't do two. I think that's if it. I'm gonna have 
yogurt at lunch, mm-hmm. you're not getting it at, at dinner, Brody. You're going to have to go with nuts, antioxidant, cranberry nuts <laughs> I, from 7-Eleven. That's a little plug for uh, cranberry nuts. I want to know what the craziest thing at Best Damn Sports Show you saw was. There's- Donald Trump. Tie in because he's hosting tonight. No. The craziest thing I saw, I saw a guy get bit by a snake. I saw Pat Croce, the owner of the of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers get bit by a snake. Oh, God. That happened. Was it, was it like a Jack Hanna type guy where he like brings out a snake like, hey, this is a snake from the Amazon. Oh, God, it's biting the owner. Well, he, the owner of the, uh, yes, well, yeah, <laughs> it was in a, it was in a, it was actually like in an aquarium, yeah. an empty aquarium. <laughs> is that what they call them? Where they, yeah, yeah, a fish tank. Yeah, it's a recycling. Yeah, it's a snake tank. Yeah, snake tank. So the snake was in there, and it was Jeremy Roenick was on the show. Yeah, he would co-host sometimes. Hockey player, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, good, and he's NBC. This, this thing about best damn sports show. You know how many people came through that show? No, that are. St- Oh. Chris, well, Chris Rose. Okay, Chris Rose. Still, Jalen Rose. John yeah. Sally. John Sally. Yeah. But, wow. But he, I love John. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking big time. Who's gone from there, still going. Love John Sally. Yeah. Three time. But NBA. has like uh, award winning podcast and has like prime time commentators. I will say that Stephen A. Smith came through there. Did he really? Yeah. Michael Strahan. Did you know when you met Stephen A. Smith that he would be as uh, have a, such a fruitful career? No, I mean, I, th- I thought he was already, like, famous for oh, okay. Fox Sports. But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, like, what he is now. Yeah. Definitely not as controversial. But he would no. always come in. Like, I would have candy. He'd always want the candy first, like, before the bags open. You hear, you heard it here first. So Stephen would want the Stevie candy. Smith loves like, candy. Like, Brody, I see that you're reaching for that Kit Kat bar. Yeah. But I just want to say that that looks like a Kit Kat bar that I would like to have before you put your hands on it. Also, oh. Kobe's going for 40 tonight. And if you want oh. to discriminate against that decision by me, to say that if and it will be give me that Kit Kat bar. Very nice. Thank I you. like that. Thank, Thank you. you. I've been looking for applause on that one. I wanted to bring a sound effect machine. That was good. He would, uh, Stephen, he would joke with me because it was very like you know, saying I'm look Arabic kind of thing. Right. Like a joke. Like, right. oh, Osama. Like a joke. And I would call him I would call him Urkel with a goatee. <laughs> so I'd come back at him. He liked it. So he Great would comeback. he would come at me. How do you come back from Urkel with a goatee? He, he'd call me like yeah. Osama. I go keep it going for Urkel with a goatee. <laughs> he would do that. Chris would go. I'd go. I was an athlete, and then I go. Chris is an athlete too. I say yeah. I go. He was uh, in Ohio. Chris Rose. We go second team uh, all state hopscotch. <laughs> so I had that for Chris. Tom would always do like Brody's. Uh, keep it Tom going Arnold. for Tom, yeah. Tom Arnold would go. Brody, he's a, he's, he served. He's a good guy. He was over. He was over in Iraq, or he was over in the, the Gulf War. He was an Iraqi soldier. So Tom always <laughs> set me up for that. Yeah. And then every day Michael Irvin would come over when he would. That's we right. would start the show. So I'd have him come over and we'd do like five minutes. He'd like make fun of me for. Like being, I don't know, like he always thought oh, Brody like a virgin. Like the, they always, Brody doesn't get girls. Come on. And I go. And then he was, Michael would talk about going to the airport. Pull, I'd pull him over. Just like <laughs> driving while black or whatever. We would joke around, basically. That's huge. The, that's great for you, by the way, to have that for the audience, too. To have some sort of like. Oh, yeah. They would love it because. they trust you, too. They're like, oh, well, Michael yeah. Irvin and Tom Arnold guys like, love this like, guy. Likes yeah. this There's guy. that. And I yeah. bring him over. It makes it for a better show. I remember every guest I would be on, most every guest, I'd always go off to this. Like, because they'd be behind a door, like, be, by themselves. I'd come, mm-hmm. over, come over and get a rocket. Good job. Yeah. You know, like, it would be, a lot of times it would be like a college kid just drafted, like, some number one pick. Yeah. So they would come on the show and they'd do well, right? And they see me, 
doing my thing for them. So when you get a photo after, it's like a real photo. That's why I have a lot of good photos yeah. because these guys so actually, many. you get them after you work with them, after they see what you do, and they're grateful, usually. Most guys were. Yeah, because it's one thing if you if they don't know who you are and, and you just say, let, let me get a photograph. But like once you've built up that rapport... And it's great. And yeah, it's a different look yeah. in their eye. And yeah. uh, all and all of our listeners should definitely follow you on Instagram at Brody is me friend. You got it. Based off Tony and Mr. Lee, my bus boys in New York mm-hmm. uh, from Albania and uh, Hong Kong. Brody, you good guy. You me friend. Brody, mm-hmm. you good guy. You me friend. And that's an homage to Tony and Mr. Lee, and enjoy it, enjoy it. That's an homage to the lady who worked at McDonald's in Tempe, Arizona my freshman year, and I was kind of really? homesick, 1988. I, I would go to McDonald's there on just uh, east of uh, Apache and uh, rural Maine is what it's also called. Anyway, so I would go there. I'd read the L.A. Times. I think I'd, on Sunday, bring in the L.A. or maybe the Arizona Republic, but I think the L.A. Times mm-hmm. you used to get it. Sunday, and I'd read, and I remember I'd go up to the the counter, right? So I'd I'd order, and I would. Uh, she had a little bit of a like a loose arm kind of thing, like sure. one of the arms. Yeah, something was not right with the sort arm. Sort of my little league coach. There you go. Yeah, something and was. He would try to hug you with it, and it was not comfortable. Right, it just it would just flap. It would flap, <laughs> and he would wave you like, over. By the way, when I was when I was a fat kid going for a triple. Which, by the way, he scolded me for after. He's like, don't ever do that again. He's like, you're going to get out every time. And, but he would, he would try to wave me around, but like, I couldn't tell if he was waving me or telling me to stop because the arm was so stubby. Right, or mixing, mixing or, uh, I couldn't espresso. Tell if he was trying to t- <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell if he was involved in a mime exercise right. or if he maybe was telling me to steal. Maybe he's doing an impression of the wacky, waving, inflatable, arm flailing tube man that's out front of car dealership. Are those even still there? Those should be taken out. <laughs> <laughs> enough, right? Yeah. Enough I, is enough. Well, See ya. I, 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 I think Trump would get a few more votes. He's like, you know what we're going to get rid of? We're going to get rid of the wacky, waving, inflatable, inflating tube, man. I don't like them. We're going to build a wall around them. We're going to send them wow. to Mexico. They're going to pay for it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Great impression also. Thank you. It's the most luxurious impression that I have. Look, it's good. It's good. I love yeah. impressions. Yeah. Fun. Do you do I, any? No. I mean, I can if I thought about it. But what we're, we were talking about, uh, the, the hand. Yes. Oh, enjoy, enjoy it. it. Enjoy it. Right. Yeah. McDonald's. McDonald's. So it'd be a Sunday, 1988. I love fall in Arizona, like on Sundays in the fall. Yeah. Like a Sunday today. We're in fall now, yeah. right? Yeah. I would uh, like well, drive. It's perfect weather. Exactly. It's perfect. I would drive out to deep in the, like Mesa out there and just breathe and the mounds and the openness and the, the flatness. Actually, the flatness made me, I got homesick for hills. Because it's so flat. I mean, it's pretty much flat in Phoenix for the yeah. most part. So that was kind of a weird thing. But Homesick for Hills, by the way, sounds like the next follow-up to The Notebook. I like that. Homesick <laughs> yeah. for Hills. Homesick for Hills. I like that. The next Nicholas Sparks novel. Yeah. Why do I know who that author Homesick is? Homesick for the Hills. That, Homesick that wrote The Notebook? For the Hills. Care. For the Hill. Homesick for the Hills. Yeah, starring Brody, Stephen Brody Stevens. Stephen Brody Stevens. <laughs> and, Zach, and Zach Efron. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Brody Stevens, obviously, playing the romantic lead, has way better arms than Zach. Than yep. Than He's Zach got Zach good Efron. arms. My arms are probably longer than Zach, which is why they're better. <laughs> well, he's got he's buff now. That guy's like ripped. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> but Strong I, diet. I would uh, ex- diets everything they say. <laughs> so I would go to the McDonald's. Speaking of diet, and so I would order a number one, like a Big Mac special. Big Mac. Like <laughs> is that what man. it's called? I'll take the Big Mac special. 
<laughs> you mean the number one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, well, they always have to correct you. Why can't they just say hey, yes? It's special to me. Yeah. yeah. I don't get it all the time. Big Mac's special. Well, it's a special, special sauce. Yeah. yeah. Making it specific. Specifically yeah, sure. special. <laughs> specifically special. Stevens sounds- making it specifically special. <laughs> say that five times fast. Homestick for the Hills <laughs> on a specifically special Sunday night. Stephen Brody Stevens. Serendipity. This, this fall on the CW. There you go. So where does Enjoy It coming to play with this McDonald's Thank barista? Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, barista. <laughs> this was before baristing. He was they had a coffee time. plantation, actually. This is nice. before Starbucks. So, And I learned to drink coffee in Seattle. Nobody went to Starbucks back in the day. Starbucks yeah. was like the enemy in 19... 19- 94 up in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Oh, I better wrap the story up because we, we do have to go to the can, can Can you give us 10 more minutes? Yes. Awesome. Okay. I'm watching the clock. <sighs> Hi, everybody. I'm Stephen. <laughs> SBS. I'm Stephen SBS. <laughs> so I would go there and I would order the number one, you know, and I'd come back and I remember she would slide it over on the metal. It was like a metal counter back then. Mm-hmm. She would like, enjoy. She was like very happy with the food. It was like she took pride in her job. Wow. And yeah. she'd go, Look you in the eye, but she had the little arm, and she would shuffle the tray over. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Giving you that energy. Enjoy. She wasn't just giving you a Big Mac special. She was giving you... The Big Mac special was code for positive energy. There you go. I've gotten through these... I got through, if you want to call it a, dis, a disability, yeah. I don't. I call it an, an opportunity. Yeah. I'll take that disability mm-hmm. into an opportunity. I like it. Enjoy. Wow. That so, resonated. It did. But then... But then, and this was like the clincher. Mm-hmm. I'm already throwing around, enjoy it, enjoy it. You know, baseball players, we pick up on stuff, you know, sure. words. I'm better than you, simple. Or <laughs> enjoy it, of course, was one. So then, maybe a few weeks later, I was going through the Wendy's drive through Oh, you treacherous pig. On, uh, <laughs> on, on rural, okay. just uh, south of Apache, Maine. Around the corner, kitten around the corner from sure. the McDonald's. Going through the drive-thru, I order a double. No onions, no pickles, no tomatoes. The combination. <laughs> and I'd also like a frosty. Yeah, and they were chocolate, but they, yeah. they were cho- you had no choice chocolate. It was they didn't have vanilla back then. No. You just had to say frosty. Yeah. But I think I spe- I would specify chocolate frosty <laughs> because they were always chocolate. I go, I'd like a small chocolate frosty. <laughs> so you get when you're like, thank you for listening to my order. Yeah, right. I appreciate it. Because they didn't have that option back no. then. <laughs> so I remember I, I, I went, it was the drive through this time. And I drove through, pulled around to the, the window. And I, lo and behold, I see that little hand. Oh, my God. <laughs> I see that hand <sighs> cradling that small chocolate frosty. <laughs> and it was, uh, I saw it. <laughs> and I pulled up, and um, it was with the frosty, the hand. No. And I also had a burger coming, too. Let's be honest. I was waiting on that. Sure. <laughs> Let's not... Enjoy. Imagine. Enjoy. She's following you around. Wait, wait. You're at Wendy's? <laughs> you care so much about your job, your fast food... Delivery. Energy. Delivery. Energy. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go... I'm going to go to Wendy's. I'm going to pick them up. I'm going to get that McDonald's running how it needs to run <laughs> because I have pride. Sure. I have Tempe 
pride. Yeah. And then, then I'm going to go to Win- I'm going to go to Wendy's around the corner and share my good fortune and work the drive-through, yeah. get in there and get the positive push. The care. The care. She's, it might not even be a positive. She just cares. She's like the Larry Brown of fast food employees. She goes she she goes <laughs> to a fast food restaurant, sure. builds it up, gets it running. Wins a championship. Right yeah, right right when it With starts the customer. Yeah, right starts when it starts getting its own legs and she goes, you know what? My work is done here. And she moves on to the next one. Wow. She's like that. She I, but I think great. she I think she left on good terms, whereas Larry Brown and me, we leave on bad terms. <laughs> Keith Oberman, bad terms. Brody because that's what happens. I just clash and it's a, you know, I've had my run-ins. That's the funny thing about Hollywood show business. Mm-hmm. You could have a bad show or not be their particular kind, type, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. or do something wrong, and you get fired. It's like, you're gone. They don't call you back. You're, not in the, you're gone. Yeah. Whereas, like, in sports, you'll go, you know, try and do I'm not saying always like yeah. that, but a lot of times it's, you're gone. Whereas in sports, like, you can go to AAA, get it going again. Yeah. But I feel like in sometimes freaking, in the... Freaking Greg Hardy. Oh, you... you, oh. you that guy's trash. He's yeah, got it. Yeah, you threw you, you, you threw a girl on a bed full of guns. Eh. Here's the deal. That guy. Come back. I won't. I'm not. Here's an example. There's a lot of guys like me. I guarantee you there's a lot of guys who don't watch football because of not specifically the Greg, Greg Hardy, but yeah. now more so that it's out in this dead spin thing. Yeah. People don't like that. Yeah. They don't. Oh. They don't. It's bad. It's bad energy. And you have to respond. Horrible to energy. The Cowboys or the NFL has to take action. It's bad because. I haven't watched one down of football. Not one. Wow. It's, it's, it's protesting. You're forcing the fantasy on me, the fantasy football. You're letting – the Greg Hardy thing is not – yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. Let's be honest. Those fan duel commercials, by the way, are creepy as hell. All those guys seem are very – slime balls. They're slime balls. They seem yeah. so stressed. They seem like they just got done jerking off in their friend's basement <laughs> and then had to go – and then, and then they're on camera telling – Someone, how much they won when they when they actually lost double the amount they're saying they won, and they're not even thinking about the commercial they have to film. They're thinking about how they have to tell their wife and or girlfriend, soon to be ex wife or girlfriend, that they lost set amount. So they're they're so like Fendel's the greatest ever. I won fifty five hundred dollars yeah. because I picked the Cardinals to win every every week's a new season, man. Oh, and you're like, man. dude, who's holding the gun to your dick and why are you sweating <laughs> through your ears? This is not normal, Scott or Ted. Um, I want to talk Ad, about Ad, it. Is Ad, Adam Ray's book? Who's holding the gun to your dick? Coming out <laughs> later, later this well, week. Well, unless Judy Bloom's already done it. Sure. Now I want to know. Uh, we have five minutes left, and we have to five talk minutes. about this. Um, Tatum Brody. Oh, oh yeah, Seattle. Seattle. So uh, when you get up to Seattle, because when I saw you uh, at a Best Damn Sports Show taping mm-hmm. in 2003, well, I was a sophomore at SC, mm-hmm. uh, and my buddies came from down from Seattle for the summer, and we went, and th- that was a crazy moment for all of us. And you've had an influential – that was big to me because seeing Tatum Brody on public access in Seattle, first of all, gave me a first taste of like, oh, wow, these guys are so funny, and they were – you were famous in Seattle – you know, and in my eyes, I'm like, well, this show should be on like regular TV because mm-hmm. you guys were that entertaining and just something was 
coming through the TV in a very like low budget show, but you guys, the way that you took the calls and interacted with each other was was very um, uh, the the chemistry and uh, it just shined through the TV. So Thank then you. to see you doing in our eyes, best known sports show was one of the biggest sports shows still to this day of all time. Combining comedy and sports like that with celebrities and jokes and and sketches was great. And then so we see you. At the helm of that, like as you like as you were saying, like you we thought you were running that show, orchestrating the yes. studio. That was a huge <laughs> deal for me because I was like, "Holy shit!" This like it was inspiring on many levels. That because you, you went won't. from a public access show in Seattle to the best damn sports show. Yeah, That's so fantastic. yeah, well, yeah, I did, I did, yeah, uh, and it also uh, just seemed. Um, also, it gave me a lot of. I was like, "Oh, cool!" People recognized what I saw. Uh, when I was watching on public access, which I don't know if um, uh, there are, there's got to be clips of this online, right? Tim there's Brody? a few. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have um, a bunch of tapes. Yeah, the, some. At some point, I'm going to want to make a documentary about that. The maybe the world of public access, and maybe you're at the helm. Well, there of it, is or, one actually. It's the the Jeffro Brunk work. There's a actually a cable access documentary. I think it just came out. Really. really? Is Shannon Kringen involved in it? I think so, <laughs> yeah. You? Now, for the listeners who don't know who Shannon Kringen is, wow. she is the 300-pound woman who, by the way, this is my She was more like 200. <laughs> You're but, right. But, <laughs> go ahead. You're right. 300 was a theme, theme <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> or, you know, Butch Wolf, a 300. She was 300 feet sure. tall. <laughs> <laughs> she was, you know what? You're right. She wasn't three bills because... Um, because even at uh, as high school Adam, I was like those 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 tits don't look that bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she, I was, mean, I wasn't into it, but her that that's well, the straight. You I mean, I'm straight. You maybe been with that. women at that point. I had not. Yes, I had been. Uh, I, I was on cable access. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> of course, he was with women. This show preceded Tane and Brody. All right, we got a few minutes left. Two minutes. This show preceded Tane and Brody, uh, or came after. I can't remember the Shannon Kringen show. I think she was on a little bit before, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that was like a block. I think. That was like, if you were to say, like, Thursday Night TV, like, Friends, Seinfeld, Cheers. Mm-hmm. That, that It was Shannon Kringen, Dr. Bruce Howard, yeah. who's like a crazy yeah. Satan. I don't know if you say atheist. He was crazy. Yeah. yeah. But it was interesting. Um, what do they have? The... the the bowl challenge, the yeah. smoke of bowl challenge, yes. bong hit cha- championships. How long are you can hit the bong hit? I love that. Um, During your time on that show, I oh, want to know what yeah. did you what did you uh, take from that? The, what do you okay. what are your fond what are your fondest memories of that show? Um, whether it was weird calls or Seattle in general, the okay. vibe of it that you took to L.A. And what do you if you could go back and go? Oh man, now with this experience I have, if I was if I had a show again on TV, right? Like that. Okay. Well, thank you for all that. Yeah. And this this will be my dismount. Yeah. <laughs> but we, this could be a whole show. I know. Well, sure. you're this coming, is teasing part two. You're coming back. Yeah. I'll come back. Yeah. I'll come back soon. Okay, good. Parking wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> so when I went up to Seattle, I felt like I had to handle comedy. I wanted to handle it like baseball. Yeah. Very, like, get everything out that I learn everything about it. Books. Doing it. Just soaking in the way, but I always, you know, I had to work too. It wasn't like I understand, like, I, but I would stay with my family. I didn't have that pressure of like you're going to be homeless. You have to make money. I had the luxury of being able to stay in Mercer Island or Renton or Bellevue, where I was with some family. Nice parts of town, exactly, and uh, get 
acclimated. And so I worked at the comedy club at the comedy underground. So I learned about how like a three person show on the road is run the fundamentals of comedy seating a room. I was so nervous even to make the off mic intro before the show. It was like, I wasn't comfortable like that. Yeah. But I learned everything about it and I would do the open mics. That was about it. And there was a couple this early on, there's a couple comedians there who were, had a cable access show, and they had a little bit of a following. It was like, oh, these guys got, like, followers, and yeah. they, you know, interesting. And they like, weren't, like, the most amazing comedians. I thought they were pretty good, but it's like, wow, they got a whole other thing going on. Yeah. yeah. So I followed around a comedian, Drew Marks. I don't know if you know him. Sounds like, familiar. a long time ago. Yeah. I said, can I go see you perform down, like, in the, you know, Renton or Federal Way or wherever it was? Yeah. yeah. And then he, so I went with them, watched, like, a bar gig, and then he came back to the cable access studio. Just like hang, help out with there, hang out in the audience. And I went there. I go, wow, there's like a TV show here. There's crew. There's guys doing this stuff, and it's fun. All right. And then I'm thinking, like, how can I do that? Because it's practice. Yep. I'm all going to do it. And then yep. you go, oh, yeah, there's this new hotline studio coming out where you don't have to hire crew. I didn't want to hire crew. No. I didn't want to have to, like, go to a study a... And I can tell you how I got into Cairo sports, too. I was an intern. I went to Bellevue Community College. I went back to school to sign up because I officially had to to go be work at Cairo sports and interview guys at the Kingdom. I'd go down to the Kingdom, interview Randy Johnson, Mike Blowers, Edgar Martinez. See. Scary. Randy. Yeah. Yeah, screaming at me once at spring, at spring training because yeah. I put a baseball in his I face. get it. I he get goes, it. Back away from the truck. I get I'll it. Never forget it. That's a scary feeling. I get that. And 6'10 I, I, coming down at you? Yes, yeah, a scary guy went to USC. Yeah. There you go. Fight on. So I met him at the X Games. He said he wouldn't take a picture of me because he said, I don't trust what you're going to do with it on the internet. Randy Johnson, if you're listening, you are a dick. Wow. Go on my Flickr site. I have a photo of Randy Johnson. Yes, you got it. Positive push. So jealous. So anyway, with the cable access, I saw they're getting stage time. Wow, TV time. So that this whole hotline studio came out. They go, take a half-hour class, and then you're on. You can take calls. Wow. The cameras are locked down. So I did a, I, I, I did that, and I, I did with James Inman, who was a popular comedian up there. We did like 10 shows. But we would argue. He was kind of like... Crazy, not crazy liberal, but liberal. I was more Arizona conservative mm-hmm. angle. Like, what's with these bike protests? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. We would argue, and then Batana Manu yeah. was like was super funny. We got along. He kind of also was a positive energy guy. He yeah. validated this like positive. He, he's from the islands. He's a good guy. He, but he also lived in Arizona, so he got that Arizona energy. Totally. And he also had family up in Seattle. I had family. He lived there. So Tana was just a great guy. Everybody liked him. And so we started, somehow we got, started doing the show, and then it just like took off. And Tana was very funny, taught me a lot about, we influenced each other. Yeah. And we didn't curse, really, because you could do whatever you want on that. Yeah. We, we would go and go to the porn convention and interview these poor girls and not show nudity. Yeah. Now, we could easily have done that. Yeah. So my theory, my feeling behind the cable access show was like, this is TV. We're on, you know, you got Leno on four or whatever. NBC, you got Brody and Tana there, like you were saying. Yeah. yeah. So in my eyes, I'm doing a TV show. I'm playing to the camera, live camera without a net, taking calls. Then you just made it goofy. And that's what I did it. So I did it as a training and also yeah, training. And I, I knew I'd get people yelling at me on the street, Jews and Samoans rule the world. Yes, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I had like a little bit of a follow. We yeah. did. Love it. But I felt like it was hurting my stand-up. And it, it wasn't uh, 
Okay, a couple more. I, I, I wasn't. I felt like I was hurting my stand up because I felt like I was becoming this Brody Tana TV guy, and it wasn't truly who I was. Yeah. So I felt like that's why I want to go to New York. I felt like I tapped out in Seattle, meaning like you start there. So I became, you know, a host. Yeah. A couple guest spots, and then Joey Diaz said to me, "Craig Gass is up there. Josh Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's others too." Um, Mitch Hedberg for a time. Little I remember seeing Mitch Hedberg, yeah. right? He was up there for like five months when I was there. And he would hang out with Jeff Masterson, who's the one who did the cable access show. And he told me, he said, Brody, there's going to be thousands of channels. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's good. And he was right. And you know what? Yeah. He was right. And then he he committed suicide. I hate to be a downer. Yeah. <laughs> But do you got any more McDonald's and Joy stories? <laughs> Sorry, any, no. But you actually, hey, I'm glad he told me that. Yeah, you know, so you you kind of like keep performing. You re, you give respect to that. That guy really did tell me. Hey, he wasn't the greatest guy in the world. He kind of rubbed, but he was he's blunt. But he was saw he believed in me and told yeah. me do that. Yeah. So I I did that. And uh, when I remember I moved back here to L.A., he would call me sometimes. You know, these guys from Seattle would call me and. It was, it was nice when people spoke on the phone. But I did that. And I just felt like, okay, Joey Diaz said, Brody, you got to go to New York. You got to go, like, they'll get you there. You can just talk, just go there. Mm-hmm. And my friend, Mike Brazella, who I grew up with, he was a coach of the Yankees. He got the job his, with, through Joe Torre and yeah. all that stuff. Joe Torre, with the, it all comes together. It was at the Yankees in 96, then won the World Series. Brody, come out here. And then I said, okay, I can do surf free. That's where I studied all the New York stuff. I always wanted to go as a kid. I was just, you know, had something to wanting to go there. Yeah. So I went there. So that's when I just jumped. Same thing, just open mic, surf reality. Uh, but I had to work. I worked at Red Robin in Seattle. I sold the T-shirts for the Supersonics, public speaking. And then when I went to New York, I was a tour guide at Radio City. I did everything where I could talk, 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 train myself to be fearless in any city, New York City. I had yeah. to go there. Yeah. But I wasn't like a comedy store or comedy seller guy or right. comic strip. I wasn't there. So, And a lot of these guys knew me as a barker. That's the thing. Like I felt like it took me years to get over, oh, David Tell. Oh, you do comedy too? I didn't realize that. You're part of Godfrey. Front, getting people to come in. Exactly. Yeah. Jim Norton. But not that I hold it against them. Yeah. But guys like Greg Giraldo was always super nice to me. The guys were nice. Yeah. Judah was super nice yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. But... A lot of these guys, they would you know, get over that hump. Yeah. I think I'm over it now, but for sure you are. New York was where I really like just Seattle. I found my voice. New York, I honed it. I found my voice in Seattle. And then mm-hmm. I took what I liked about it and what was good. Like guys told me, Brody, just talk, do this. So then I went to New York, kind of kept that same feeling. And I did that. And so many of my friends from New York, that's a whole other story, working out here in L.A. I started open mics with Alex Sulkin, Family Guy, yeah, Ted. Yeah. So you That's take... on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. You take pride in that. You take a feel like, hey, I'm, we did open mics together. We'd hang out. I'm telling, I, I guarantee you, a couple of those characters are based off Brody. You got it. <laughs> but those are little things that give you confidence, moral connections, mm-hmm. even if this is the 1% thing. Found your voice in Seattle, flexed it in New York, flexed it in New York, and, and then brought it through L.A. to the world so that everybody can enjoy, enjoy it. You got it. Uh, I want to know the, the Let's mom. Go, I want to do a whole other thing. We will. We will. You're, gonna, you're coming back, but I want to know, because uh, your mom's a big supporter of you, what is the, her best compliment of Brody's comedy in your career? The oh, best compliment wow. your mom's ever thrown to you. Yeah. But the best compliment? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good or bad. The best thing she said to you about something she's seen you do. She's always proud. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think overall she's proud that like, I made. I'm. She's. Oh, I'll tell you what. My mom is proud like about. My she's, mom just sent me an email saying they're making a new uh, Sherlock Holmes movie with uh, Daniel Craig. I think you'd be great in it. You should try to get in there. My mom is not that way okay. at all. <laughs> my mom treats. My mom yells at me. Mm-hmm. My mom is. I, she doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't necessarily get it. Is what I'm saying. She like when I do my smile. I hate your smile. Like she doesn't. She knows me. Yeah. She she knows me as little Steven. You know she doesn't quite get Brody. Okay. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, but right. she appreciates that I made it on my own. She always you know you made it on your own, which I did because I didn't have any family in the business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I cut through it. So she appreciates. You're not related that. to Cat Stevens. No, no, I'm not. I'm not related to. <laughs> I like that you went through like every I did. Ce- celebrity in your head. Connie Stevens is someone. Connie Stevens. <laughs> but so my mom is like that. So that's very. Has she seen your stand up? Yeah, I mean, I'm comfortable with her coming to shows yeah. like that. I'm over that. She's funny. She even though she, I don't want to be on camera, and I'm respectful of her. You know, yeah. she's older. I don't. Want, I want her to you know look good. But she's been to best damn sports shows. She's been to my shows. So in terms of like, I'm nervous. My mom's here. It's like I'm not. Well, Brody, which is nice. You always have, you always have a, that positive energy, and you got it. Anyone that comes to see you will leave your show with with positive energy themselves. Well, they will see Guaranteed. a math mat- mathematical uh, formula take place. You know what? I, I do the main room tonight at the comedy mm-hmm. store. I'll awesome. Close it, so I do close to an hour at the end. From That's like amazing. I'll do from twelve thirty yeah. to one thirty, <laughs> and it's a lot of crowd work. And it's yeah. a lot of where are you from? What do you do? Boom, boom, this, that, and then I'll go. Did any other comedians ask that? No. Why is it me? Three hours into the show, I'm celebrating your birthday now. <laughs> Nobody else mentioned it because they don't care. And then you walk around. I go. I want to feel you. I want to feel you. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I can do that kind of out of the box stuff, it's late at night. There's no other comedian after me. Right. I would yeah. never like do it totally to no. throw off a show. So you've got to. It's just put out energy. Just get that going. See where that go from there. Yeah. Successful people will tell you that's you know something you want to have. And on that note, I'm Stephen Brody Stevens. <laughs> Positive push. Yes, you got it. Enjoy. <laughs> Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessamay Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. 
I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.